Friends, God has the final say. Good morning, Christian America. That's what I want to talk to you today briefly about. God has the final say. He and he alone determines what he has for you, the plan for your life, the plan for the lives of your family and your friends, the plans for our society, all of our struggles, all of our anxieties, all of our worries. They shouldn't be placed in anyone else. They, they should be given up to God because, friends, he has the final say. And so let's get into a little bit of the word of God this Friday as we get ready for the weekend. Good morning, Christian America. Okay, good morning, Christian America. Uh, Eddie here is always representing the Christian American revitalization effort. We come to you every Monday and every Friday on this podcast and on social media to help you receive a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of education, a little bit of information on Scripture, on the biblical text, on the Word of God, because it's the most important thing that we have in our lives. It should be the most important thing we have in our lives. It should be the, the, the thing that we prioritize the very most in our lives because they, there is nothing greater than God. And God is so great. He controls everything. He doesn't have days off. He doesn't leave us to our own devices unless we turn away from him, unless we stop listening to him, unless we stop seeking him, unless we stop living for him. So if we look at the world today and we see the struggles, we see the calamity, we see all the problems. If you have eyes, you see all the problems that we have in our society. It essentially comes because of one main issue. And that's that we turn, that we have turned collectively. We have turned away from God. And when we turn away from God, bad things happen. How do we know this? Where am I getting this? Am I just making this up? No. Scripture has an entire Old Testament that begins roughly 4,500 years ago. And what Scripture tells us, Scripture being the Word of God, what it tells us is that God made us in His image. What it tells us is that God made everything in the world. And if he made everything in the world that he has a plan, it just, just wasn't an accident. He was intentional. He was intentional in everything that he's done. That everything that he does do. He created the earth. He created all the plants. He created all the animals of the ocean and the birds of the air. He created us in his image. He created us to do the work in the garden, 
Genesis 2. He created woman to be a helper to man so that the two would become one flesh. He created marriage. He told us to procreate. He told us men to have dominion over the world. We've done all of these things. And when we do these things that God says, good things happen. What are good things? Good things are the things that God says are good. They're not whatever I say or what you say are good. But when we don't do these things, then bad things happen. It's pretty simple. If you read scripture over and over, throughout the Old Testament, the Israelites, they turn to God, they prosper. They turn away from God, they are conquered, they enter into slavery, they enter into bondage, they, they cry out for hundreds of years. God hears their plea and frees them from slavery and they prosper again until the point which they turn away. This is a, this is a repeating pattern. And so God knows our frailty. God knows our temptations. God knows our sinful nature. But he has a plan for us. He has a plan for you. We see this throughout Scripture. Jesus tells us that God clothes the, the grass and the flowers and the sparrows. He feeds the sparrows. How much more will he give to you? When we listen to him, when we follow him, when we obey him. St. Paul says in the letter to the Ephesians that we are created as God's handiwork to do the works that he's placed in advance for us to do. That he already knows our nature. He knows the twists and the turns that we go through. He knows the ups and the downs that we go through. He has the final say. He has the final say. But in order for him to say it to you, you actually have to be listening to him. Because when we listen to God and we speak to God, and you might say, how do you speak to God? You speak to God through prayer. And you might ask yourself, well, then how does God speak to me? Well, he speaks through scripture. So when we pray, we pray to him. We conversate to him. When we read scripture, he conversates back to us. He tells us what we need to hear. He tells us what we need to know. He tells us what we need to pursue. He tells us how we need to behave, how we need to interact with our families, how we need to interact with our brothers and sisters, how we deal with trouble, how do we deal with praise, how do we deal with the blessings that we've been given, and how do we deal with the, with the challenges and the obstacles that we face. God, friends, speaks to us through scripture. We speak to him through prayer. In order to have a conversation with anyone, you have to transmit it to them, to the receiver, and the receiver then has to transmit something back. That's how we have a conversation. That's how you speak to God, and that's how God speaks to you. And friends, he has the final say, but we have to have the ears open so that we can hear what he says. Look at Scripture, and I know this audience. This audience is steeped in Scripture. At least I hope that it is. And if you're not, you need to get that way. Look at Scripture. 
When we obey God, when Abraham obeys God, he becomes the father of many nations. Even though he has trouble, even though he's attacked in the wilderness, even though his, his, his uh, relatives lot leave him, Abraham is still blessed when he obeys. When he doesn't obey, there are problems. When he does obey, there are blessings. No matter how far you go, you can always turn back to God and he will have the last say. You look at the, at the book of Daniel and you see Daniel maintaining his obedience to God refuses to stop worshiping. And people tell on him, they imprison him, they throw him in, in a lion's den. But God has the last say. Not King Cyrus. Not the scribes. Not the, the, the people who want to see him dead. But God. And God saves him from the lions and the lions den. Earlier in that, in that same book, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego refuse to bow down to King Nebuchadnezzar. And the king gets upset and throws him into a fiery furnace. What happens? God delivers them. They come out unharmed. King Nebuchadnezzar didn't have the last say. The guards didn't have the last say. Matter of fact, one of the guards, because too close to the furnace, and furnace burned him up. But not Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They kept faith, and God has the last say. Look at the difference between Peter, the rock of the church, and Judas. Both of them accompanying Christ for many years. Both of them hearing the same things. Both of them seeing the same things. Both fail the same night. Judas betrays Jesus to his enemies. Peter denies Jesus denies even knowing him. Peter turns back to God. He repents. He asks for forgiveness. He maintains the faith. And he gets to see Jesus again. The risen Lord. He is the first one inside the tomb. Other people saw the stone rolled away to get Peter and John. John arrives first, but he waits on Peter. Peter's the first one to recognize that Jesus is no longer in the grave. The Holy Spirit comes upon Peter. He, after Pentecost, in the, in the city, he testifies to the risen Lord. Even persecuted, even tried, he continues on the good fight. Because God has the last say. Look at what Judas did. He betrayed Jesus. He lost his faith. And he hung himself. Friends, we face these decisions every day. When things don't go our way. Through our own fault. Or through things that are not our own fault. It can be easy. Turn away from God. 
It can be easy to be frustrated and angry and anxious and worried. When those temptations rear their head, it can be tough sometimes to stay the course, to think that God doesn't care about me. God doesn't care about my children. God doesn't care about my family, care about my community. He doesn't care about this country. But that's not what Scripture tells us to do. If Paul, or excuse me, if Saul would have done that, if Saul of Tarsus, the menace to the early church, the persecutor of Christians, if he would have stayed on his path, death and eternal death would have surely found him. Has the last say. He gets the last word. Jesus shows up on the road to Damascus. He blinds him and he puts him in a little time out for a couple days. It changes his world. He becomes the apostle. He becomes the, the writer of so many epistles in the New Testament. He becomes a teacher. And a mentor to Luke who writes one of the Gospels. He accompanies John Mark who writes another Gospel. God has the last say if we have faith enough to withstand the world, to stop worrying, to stop being angry, to stop being doubtful, and put our trust in Jesus. Over and over when Jesus is in the midst of his ministry. He tells his disciples, you of little faith, you of little faith who are scared of the winds and the, and the storm on the seas, you of little faith who don't have enough food for the 5,000 to eat, you of little faith. So much so that he even says, the Romans, the Roman soldier who has faith in Jesus, that his servant will be healed. Jesus says, I have found no one with faith like you in all of Israel. And he's blessed. God has the last word. You're never too far gone. You're never too sick. You're never too corrupt. You're never too far away from him that his reach can't snatch you out and pull you back. But you got to be looking for him. You got to be listening for him. You got to be speaking to him. You got to get down on your knees. You have to clasp your hands. You have to look at the sky. You have to feel him in your heart. You must repent of the way that you're, the way you're acting, the way you're speaking, the way you're thinking, the way you're treating people, how you're gossiping. And do your best to fulfill his commandments. And don't make excuses when you fall short. But accept the responsibility that you have failed and that he can save you. Because he has the final say. He gets the last word. There's no such thing as three strikes and you're out. 
As long as you're living, as long as you're breathing, as long as there's air in your lungs, you can praise his name. You can repent of your sins. You can come back to life. Even if, even if this world would ridicule you and make fun of you and ostracize you and marginalize you and call you names, call you unfit, none of that means anything to Christ. God controls the whole universe. He is the beginning and the end. He is from everlasting to everlasting. He's all-knowing. We must remember that as a community of believers in Christ, as people who put Christ at the center of their lives, or at least who try to put Christ at the center of their lives. We as a people who want to live righteously with Him for eternity, in heaven we should be shouting from the mountaintops the gospel of Jesus Christ the gospel of the Lord the, the saving power that he has to save not only ourselves but to save those people we know we can't save their soul but we can help them reach Jesus so that Jesus will save them that's what being a Christian American is all about that's what this community is all about it's putting Christ at the center of our lives it's putting Christ first we love our families we love our spouses we love our children. We love our country. But God has to come first. Because if, if he doesn't, what does scripture show us? When we don't put, when, when humanity doesn't put God first, it's a slippery slope to idolatry. It's a slippery slope to immorality. It's a slippery slope to false God, false teachings that end up in bondage, that end up in slavery. Not just slavery of the body, but specifically slavery of the body, but also slavery of the mind. That's why St. Paul says you have to renew your mind. Renew it in Christ Jesus. The crucified Jesus that defeated death was resurrected and ascended and sits at the right hand of God the Father whose spirit was sent down for us. We hope you have a blessed weekend. If you like Messages like this, if you support what we're trying to do, building the Christian American, you've got to ask, not for 
any donations, but for your participation. We ask that you follow us on social media, the Christian American community on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, or Parler. We'd ask that you subscribe to this YouTube channel, to this Rumble channel. Subscribe to this podcast on Anchor or Apple Podcasts or Spotify or Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening to this. Let's build and grow the kingdom of God on earth as it is in heaven. It's what we pray. That's what we pray for on earth as it is in heaven. And so with that, ladies and gentlemen, we'll come back to you on Monday as we continue to go uh, to get into the gospel of Mark. We're going to be in chapter 11. So bring your on Monday morning. And until then, good morning, Christian America.